James Harden to Brooklyn. What? No music at the beginning? No preview? Yeah, what happened was I recorded a whole episode and I was waiting. Not going to post it. Not going to post it. So much could happen. And then guess what happened? The second I finished. I edited it. I was like, okay, I'm done. I'll just post it a little bit later. And then I was waiting. I posted it. And then James Harden was traded to Brooklyn. Something happened. Something crazy happened. And of course it happened the second I finished recording. I had a whole episode. It's my 20th episode. I'm really excited. I talked about James Harden. I talked about Kyrie Irving. Now you're just going to get my raw reaction to this crazy freaking trade in the NBA. I mean, I'm not even going to edit this. I'm just going to talk. So first, let me break down the trade for you. Here is the actual trade. Here's what Brooklyn's getting. They're getting James Harden. Done. Finished. They wanted James Harden, clearly. And I think Kyrie being such a crazy whatever he's doing now, and I'll talk about that later in the episode. You'll hear all that coming up. That obviously played into them being like, oh my God, we kind of needed an insurance policy for Kyrie Irving. Let's get another guy in here. Although I would take James Harden anyway. I mean, whatever. Houston is getting Kuruks, Dante Axum, and Victor Oladipo. They're also getting four first round picks, including one of them is from Milwaukee, three of them from Brooklyn, and four pick swaps from Brooklyn. And then the Cleveland Cavaliers are also involved in the trade. They're getting Jared Allen and Prince. I don't know how they're getting Jared Allen. They have so many centers. doesn't really make sense to me. And then Indianapolis is getting Karis LeVert. So again, I think Houston got a great deal. They're getting Oladipo, Axum, Kuruks, four first-round picks, four pick swaps. And that goes all the way to the year 2027. The Nets gave up everything for James Harden. And why? Because the players get what they want in this league. There's two things that play into this. Obviously, James Harden and what he's been doing. Houston was desperate to get it done at this point. But also Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving sitting out and doing what he's been doing plays a huge role in this. And watch, Kyrie will be back in a minute. He's going to be, oh, I'm back. Welcome me back. Here I am, ready to play basketball. Never left excited and ready to go. Stephen A. Smith was talking this morning about how Kyrie should just retire. Like, we're so done with you, Kyrie. Yeah, not anymore. He's going to be there. They're going to be closing out games. And somehow they didn't give up Joe Harris in all this. I don't know how that happened, how any team let that happen, that they didn't give up Joe Harris in all this. Now, if you have, if you put a starting five together of Joe Harris and Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Jordan, and that's just ridiculous. And there's other pieces on that team still. I mean, Jared Allen and Karis LeVert are real players. And I'm surprised that Houston elected to go for Exum and Oladipo over them. I guess Oladipo is more proven than Karis LeVert. But Karis LeVert's young. He could be great. Although he's not that young. I think he's like 28 or something. Still pretty young. But this is insane. This is an insane, insane trade. Just so... I'm lost for words. Again, I'm not editing this. I talked on this podcast about how much I hate this and these players need to be disciplined. And guess what? They just gave in to all of them. They gave in to Kyrie. They gave in to James Harden. All of it. They got what they wanted. Harden's out. He's going to be go partying in Brooklyn. It's championship or bust for the Nets. And I don't think they're winning a championship. It's going to be such a circus now. By the way, Now there are no more pieces, and this is just a Knicks point. 
playing the Knicks tonight, they're just gonna not. I don't even think Kevin Durant is gonna play. It's a second of a back to back for him. Why would he play the second game of a back to back anyway? He's only contractually obligated to play. That doesn't mean anything to them. Kyrie, we know, is not coming back. Harden's not going to be there yet. Now you don't have Levert or Allen or any of those guys. So, I don't know. I'm so stupid, this league. I'm so done with it. This whole episode, I think it's a good episode. I'm talking basketball. I'm talking football. So many fun stuff in it. And this dropped. <laughs> I just un- unuploaded the episode. That's literally what happened. So I could talk about this trade and my father's like oh this is so much fun because i texted with him already and he was like oh this is so much fun this is great we're gonna get to see three guys who are desperate to win although kevin durant's not as desperate to win as the other two although is Kyrie desperate to win either i don't know it's really just james harden it's all about james harden james harden hasn't won he always gets what he wants he complains it's Houston's fault. I did I did everything I could. You did everything you could. They got Westbrook for you. They got CP3 for you. They got Dwight Howard for you. They got so many different pieces for you. It was never good enough for you. So now they got you out of there. And you think this is going to be good enough for James Harden all of a sudden? All of a sudden, he's going to be like, oh, I'm bought in. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Who's taking shots at the end of games? Kevin Durant did last night. And that worked out for the Nets. But that's because Kyrie Irving wasn't there. So now I have a third guy. These three guys have three of the highest user usage in the league. Usage rating is how much they, I guess, have the ball per game or per the time they're on the floor. I think it's per game. They have, they're all over 29%, which there are only seven guys in the league who have that. And these are three of the seven guys. It's going to be a circus, like I said later in the episode. It's a circus. I'm glad we don't have the circus. Do I love James Harden? I think he's incredible talent. One of one? Yes. Is Kevin Durant one of the most remarkable players I've ever seen? Probably the second to best player in the league right now behind LeBron? Probably, yeah. Kyrie Irving? He's insanely talented also. Don't forget about him. He is one of the best players in the league, one of the best point guards when he is on, when he chooses to be on. But altogether, I don't know if it's going to work. If it works, it'll be the most beautiful thing to watch. It'll be incredible. It'll be a super team like no other super team we've seen. This is the best super team that has ever been assembled. This is the best big three that has ever been assembled. It's going to be so much fun if they figure it out or even if they don't figure it out. Maybe they're just that talented that they can't be beat, even if they stink, even if they don't play any defense, even if they hate each other, even if there's drama, even if there's a circus. They just won't be able to be beat. But what happens? One of them gets hurt. One of them gets upset. One of them keeps eating burgers. I don't know. Right now, I'd be shocked if I weigh more than James Harden. Honestly. Just because you're traded, just because you got what you wanted, it doesn't mean everything is automatically fixed. It doesn't mean you're automatically happy. Maybe for in the short term, in the short term. Maybe right now, James Harden is happy. He's ecstatic. They have TMZ videos of him leaving Houston, and he's all happy. Ooh, I get to leave Houston. Fun. Kyrie Irving. Oh, I'm going to come back and play. All of a sudden, I'm locked in. Yeah, I let my teammates down, but now I'm newly committed. I have a new wind. I'm so happy. Kevin Durant has been the lone soldier in this one the whole time who's been like kind of normal and kind of just doing and saying the right things, being super mature. I don't know. Not used to that with Kevin Durant. Although Kevin Durant has always been like that. His only thing is he has fun, you know, on social media, talking crap, taking crap. I don't know. This is absolutely nuts. That's it. All right. There's going to be some music. I'm going to do a whole preview to an episode. And then there's going to be the episode. All that's coming up next. Uh, yeah. Crazy news. Here's the episode. When you're listening to it, keep in mind it was before the Kyrie Irving 
uh, or James Harden traded rather. So enjoy that coming up next, my 20th episode. Starting it off with a bang. Okay, one last thing. I'm not done with my rant yet. I thought I was done. I'm not done. Okay. First, Landry Shamit. That was the player. I kept forgetting his name. I don't know why, but he's a real player. And he wasn't in, he wasn't involved in this trade either. He wasn't traded either. So he's going to be coming off the bench. Uh, I'd actually say he's probably going to start. And Joe Harris is probably going to come off the bench. A little spark off the bench in Joe Harris. And Joe Harris is a really good player. So two players, Shamit and Harris, who both weren't traded. The other point I wanted to make is you think these guys who are so selfish and need everything to be perfectly their way. They have no resiliency. When things start to go bad, they're not going to be able to fight through it. They've always just changed or got something else when things haven't gone their way. So if there's a tough game or the schedule's tough or they have a down part of the season or they're down in a playoff series or down in a game, you think they're just going to rise up to the occasion and overcome all their struggles? What's to make you think they're going to do that? That's my last point to Brooklyn. Like I said, the talent could overcome all. But still, what's to make you think that when something goes wrong, they're not just going to jump ship? Like they've done their whole careers. All right, now, here's the episode. The final episode of this week, a very special edition of the talk show. If you don't already know why, from the description of the episode, you're about to find out. While I was recording this, I posted before I started recording, I posted some positivity about the Jets coaching coaching search. I even mentioned it in the podcast. I said, Robert Sala is going to be a great coach. They could really get this right for once. And then they let him walk and they're probably not going to get him back. So the Jets screwing things up again, but that's not what I talked about in this episode. I talked NFL divisional playoff round. It's going to be super fun. Talked some NBA, Kyrie Irving and James Harden, all that drama, that whole circus. Knicks are playing the Nets tonight. Whole bunch of stuff going on, all that and a lot more coming up on the talk show. Episode number 20, a very special edition of the talk show. It's the 20th episode. I can't believe it. In a few days, it'll be the two-month anniversary from when I started this thing. And I am just shocked that I'm still doing this, honestly. I'm so happy. I enjoy it. I do it because I love doing it. I love talking about sports. I love doing this. And to think that there are some people out there who listen to it every time and some of you maybe even enjoy it, um, I'm so grateful. So I really appreciate that. In the 20th episode, we're just getting started. There's going to be a whole lot more coming to the podcast soon in the future. I hope to keep growing it. And the best way for you guys to help me doing that is to share it and keep listening. If you like it, then keep listening, keep sharing it. And the more it grows, the better it'll get. You know, The more I can put into the podcast, the more we'll get out of it. So that's amazing. And I really appreciate every single one of you. And this is awesome. So episode number 20 is going to be a special one. Before we jump right into this 20th episode, if you didn't listen to the last episode yet with Hubs from Barstool, go back. It was really fun. It was a great episode. He's funny and he's entertaining. So go listen to that first and then come back to this episode. I'm actually wearing now my Barstool sweatshirt that I got from the amazing Barstool Fund. So if you want to learn more about donating to that fund, go listen to that episode. 
it's just awesome stuff. All right. Unfortunately, though, such a momentous occasion, such a great opportunity, this new episode, 20th episode. And I have to start it on such a low. I've been talking since day one on this podcast and talking to my father, actually, who came on one of the first episodes. We talked NBA. He reminded me of my love for Kyrie Irving. I talked about my love for James Harden. We kind of gave them excuses. We went back and forth, but really, we excused all their behaviors. We're like, hey, these guys are just different. They're special. Unfortunately, I don't think there's any more excuses. Colin Cowherd, who, whether you like him or not, I mean, I think a lot of times he says stuff that are wrong or his shows are scripted and I don't love him. I do like a lot of his opinions, but he's definitely got a great show and it's very interesting to watch. So he's good at what he does. But I listened to his show and today he posted an Instagram story, just him talking, not on the show, but talking about the NBA and the privilege these players grow up with and the feeling that they could do whatever they want. And there are zero consequences. And they've never had to deal with consequences. And that's why a guy like Kyrie Irving and a guy like James Harden can go out there and do these types of things and they feel not threatened at all. But it's gotten to be too much. James Harden is completely out of shape. Completely. Has no regard for his teammates. He's not trying to win. He doesn't care about winning. He doesn't care about anything. He doesn't want to help the teammates. He probably isn't practicing. He doesn't want to help the team grow. You saw John Wall talking about it. Hey, if not everyone's bought in, then what can we do? John Wall's playing well. Christian Wood is playing well. Boogie Cousins is playing well. This could be a really good team if James Harden were to just buy it. P.J. Tucker's still there. There's some pieces there, but he doesn't feel like it. So he's not going to. Because this is how these guys have been treated in the NBA their entire lives since they realized, hey, we're really good at basketball. It's whatever they want and whatever they need is what happens. The same thing with Kyrie Irving. He doesn't feel like playing, so he's not going to play. Kawhi Leonard did this a few years ago. He worked his way out of San Antonio, but this is a new low for the league. And Colin said what I've been saying from day one on this podcast, that I've never, ever heard another sports commentator in the real sports world say, like, I think I've heard Boomer and maybe Geo say this because they're on radio. I guess it's different. I don't know. Maybe WFAN is not as strict with what they say. Uh, but ESPN, Fox Sports, you never hear guys say stuff like this. But Colin said in the NFL, there's accountability. Someone will tell you off. Someone will tell you, hey, you're not as great as you think you are. It's not all about you. It's about the team. And in the NBA, that doesn't happen. And you can see it. And by the way, it starts at the top. It starts with LeBron. He said the only guy that I would give that treatment to is LeBron. He's right because LeBron's worth it. But it starts with LeBron and every other player thinks, hey, he gets that treatment. We deserve that treatment. Also, everyone thinks they deserve special treatment. And here's why. The league is built around the players. That's what Adam Silver did. That's what he wanted. He wanted to make a player's league. And guess what? It's working. Everyone has their selfish reasons why it's working. For the players, it's all about them. They're the stars. They're the story. Fans just root for players. They don't root for teams anymore. For the owners, they, all they have to do is get a popular player. We don't have to worry about winning anymore. We get a popular player and we make tons of money. We monetize the players. The players don't even realize that the owners are selfishly 
using them for their own gain. Meanwhile, the players are like, oh, it's all about us. This is great. So everyone's just so stuck in their own head with how much this is benefiting me and how selfish you could be. And by the way, the agents are just as bad as everyone in all this. They go to the teams. They say, hey, look, this player is going to make you a lot of money. Then they get these absolutely ridiculous contracts like the Marcus Morris contract. 65 million over three years or something like that. You get all these crazy contracts for these players and take huge cuts because you say, hey, the league's all about you. I'm doing this for you. I'm making it a player's league. They take advantage of it. And it's working. The ratings are good, although they haven't been as good lately, but the popularity is soaring worldwide. Whether people are watching the games or not, whether people whether people care about the outcomes of the game or not, the popularity is insane. So it's working for the league. How much longer is it going to work? How much longer is this going to go on where you have a player who's not showing up, a player who really just doesn't give a crap about his team or his teammates, has no loyalty, has no accountability? I don't know how long this can last. The Knicks play the Nets tonight. I don't know when I'm releasing this episode. Right now I'm recording. It's Wednesday. The Knicks are playing the Nets tonight, and a lot of people are going to be talking about, hey, Knicks and Nets, this is this is lit. This is crazy. Ky- we got Kyrie and KD. You didn't. I don't know who. There are no Net fans out there. But if there were Net fans, they'd be saying that. Guess what? I don't want the circus. I don't want the clown show that is Kyrie Irving right now. I'm really happy. Keep him, Nets. And Hub said this yesterday. He was like, not only do the Knicks not want him, if he was playing on the Knicks, it would be so much of a bigger story. He's getting away with it to an extent because he plays on a team that nobody cares about. If he played for the Knicks, this story would be 10 times as crazy right now. So it's pretty nuts. And by the way, can the Knicks win this game? I don't know. Obi Toppin's coming back. Maybe he'll add some spark to the team. But I'd rather Austin Rivers at three years for $10 million than Gordon Hayward at four years for 120 or whatever it was. The old Knicks ownership would have traded the entire team by now for James Harden the second he was disgruntled. I don't want that. I don't want that headache. I want to build. I want to build a culture. And the Knicks are doing the right thing right now, and I really appreciate that. Looks like the Jets might be heading in that direction also with uh, Salah, if they hire him, he would be the best hire. He's been in the facility now for two days. So hopefully something good comes out of that. The thing about the NBA and the NFL, though, is is this moving over to the NFL now? Deshaun Watson calling out the Texans, asking for a trade, saying it's broken, and Andre Johnson coming in and talking about it. And we never hear Andre Johnson talk about anything. So this is rare. I mean, how bad could the Texans situation be? This isn't the first time we're seeing this in the NFL. We saw it with Le'Veon Bell. We saw it with Antonio Brown. We saw it with Jalen Ramsey. And people say, hey, this doesn't work in the NFL because those guys all were not immediately good on their next teams. Brown was almost run out of the league. Bell had to spend time with the Jets. Jalen Ramsey got traded and was hated on. But all three of those guys are in the playoffs right now. They're going to be playing playoff games this weekend. So maybe it did work out for them. For Deshaun Watson, if I'm a Jet fan, I still want him. I don't think he's disgruntled the way the NBA players are, where they show they don't care about their teammates or anything. I think that was a broken locker room. I think that was a terrible job by Bill O'Brien. We saw it was a broken locker room when J.J. Watts calling out his teammates. While I did appreciate the speech to the fans, you're still calling out your teammates. So that's not a sign of a healthy locker room at all. 
So Deshaun Watson could be traded. And if I'm the Jets, I make that trade today. He's a guaranteed franchise quarterback. I don't care how many picks you have to give up for it. Picks are all question marks. And the franchise quarterback, this guy's it. He's guaranteed. He's coming off one of the best years of his career. Granted, his team went 4-12, and but he was really good. Is there another star quarterback that could be traded? So I think that there is. I think that Russell Wilson could potentially be traded, if not this offseason, the next. They lost, and I think it's honestly more Pete Carroll's fault than it is Russell Wilson. I think he made some questionable calls throughout the season. The team looked great when they were 5-0. and uh, But since then, since their bye week, they haven't looked the same at all. And it's just curious really weird that that team is not successful. I mean, that defense should be better. There are some players on that defense, including Jamal Adams. Um, as much as I hate him on him on the podcast, I he's a great player. Uh, I don't know why this team isn't better. So that's something interesting to look at. And why I think Russell Wilson might be traded. Well, we saw trade rumors about him going to Cleveland back in 2018. Right now, it wouldn't make sense. There'd be a big cap hit if they trade him this offseason. But next offseason, they'd actually be clearing money off the cap if they traded him. And maybe he's just, maybe the team's not ready. Maybe they need to move on. I don't know. That's just a theory I made up in my head. Um, I'm actually going to be writing an article about it and I might be coming out with a blog. So the concept of this blog, it's just going to be a website where I put all the podcasts up. Maybe I'll do some writing. I'm just trying to get some more exposure, write a little more, do stuff I enjoy. I don't know how much time I'll have for it, but I enjoy doing it, so I'm going to do it kind of on the side. And if you guys enjoy it, then great. If it, I enjoy it, that's really what this is about. Like I said, this is my 20th episode. I've been doing this from day one with the same mindset. I love doing this, and that's why I do it. So that hasn't changed at all. Um, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm doing it. That's why I enjoy talking about it. So the fact that some of you guys also listen to it, that's just an added bonus. I appreciate it. I'm going to jump over to the NHL. So I might lose some listenership right now. Again, like I said, it's Wednesday. So tonight hockey starts. But if I don't post this till tomorrow, it'll be the Rangers playing against the Islanders at Madison Square Garden Thursday night, first game of the hockey season. And the first thing that comes to mind is hockey without Doc. Now, I used to watch a lot of hockey in general just because I would want to listen to Doc Emmerich's games. Doc Emmerich calling a hockey game is better than any broadcast. I tell you, I, I talk about it all the time on the podcast. I love broadcasting. And Doc Emmerich is the best broadcaster I've ever heard, in my opinion, in any sport. I love Joe Buck. I love Al Michaels. I love Mike Breen. These guys are all great. Gary Cohen. But Doc Emmerich is better than anyone else. And I'm really, really going to miss him. I would watch the NBC game whenever it was. Whenever there was an NBC game, I would watch it almost every time it was on because he was that good. And it was just worth watching the game to listen to him. But I'm still kind of excited for the Rangers season. I, I said, if I lose listeners for this, that's fine. But I always say the entire rest of the sports is just holding me over to the Rangers season. Rangers hockey, I don't miss a game. I don't miss a period. I don't miss a minute. I love every second of it. This year, it's only like 50 games, so it shouldn't even be that hard. But I love hockey. With the new alignment this year because of COVID and there's a Canadian division, so the Rangers kind of got screwed with their division. And then their division is Boston, Philly, the Islanders, Washington, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, the Devils and then the Rangers. That is a really tough division. Last year, Pittsburgh was better than them. Washington was better than them. The Islanders were better than them. Philly was better than them. Boston was better than them. Buffalo could be really good also. So it's a tough division. A lot of people have these 
have the Rangers finishing just ahead of Buffalo and New Jersey, and that would leave them at sixth in the division. I think there's a chance that with the young talent, they can leap Pittsburgh, Washington, and the Islanders. I think the Islanders maybe will take a step back. They don't have so much offensive talent. Washington, I don't know what their goalie situation is. I hope Henrik Lundqvist is okay. He had open heart surgery. He'll be sitting the year out. And Pittsburgh, they're getting older. Their core is getting a little bit older. Maybe they're starting to slow a little bit. But Philly and Boston are monster teams. So if the Rangers could finish third in this division, I'd be extremely happy. All right. Now what you guys all came for. NFL, divisional round, playoffs. I'm going to break it all down right after a word from me. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The divisional round of the playoffs is here. NFL playoffs week two. This week, we don't get six games. Tough, right? We got so used to the six games after one week last week of six games. It was so much fun. Um, Something interesting, the AFC's oldest quarterback remaining is Baker Mayfield. So the league is in a really good place. You got Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Baker Mayfield. Four really good, really young quarterbacks. So that should be really fun this week. And again, all these lines are courtesy of Fox Bet. I'm going to go through the games one by one. There's four of them, two Saturday, two Sunday. And that's all for the podcast. Um, so let's get right into it with the first Saturday game, 435, the Rams at the Packers. Now the Rams are the best defense in the league, by far the best defense in the league. And we saw last week that they beat the Seattle Seahawks pretty handily. It never felt close. It was a 10-point game, 30-20, to 20, but I didn't really feel like it felt that close ever. That one play where Russell Wilson gets almost sacked and then scrambles and finds DK Metcalf downfield. That was an incredible play by Russell Wilson. That's an incredible individual play by an individual player. And the rest of that team stunk. And the rest of the game, they stunk. And even though the Rams didn't have a quarterback, and I don't think it matters who starts at quarterback for the Rams this week. Whoever starts, I don't think it's going to hurt them one way or another or help them. I think the quarterback is kind of an added bonus for them at this point. Their defense is so good, so dominant that they make everything happen. If they can run the ball the way they ran the ball pretty nicely last week, that'll benefit them a lot in Green Bay. Green Bay is favored by minus six and a half. I would take the Rams. Now, I misunderstood. When I said the rule last week is you have to think they're going to win in order to take them. No, you have to think they can win the game in order to take them. Do I think the Rams Rams can win the game? Yeah, I think it's like a 10% they win. I think the Packers should win. I think the Packers might be the best team in the league, but the Rams can win in this game. The Packers, I saw some crazy stat today. They're like 0-6 against teams with the best overall defense. And not only do they have the best overall defense, they have the best scoring defense, the best every metric. They are number one in every defensive metric. And they have the best player in the league who happens to be the best defensive player in the league. On the other side of it, you have the Packers. This is their first home playoff game. This is the first time they felt absolutely dominant. At 13-3 coming into this week, it feels like they are the best team in the league. They were the hottest team and the best over the last few weeks of the season. I think the Packers should blow out the Rams in this game. Six and a half is a small line. So if you're looking at just at the Packers and you're like, oh my God, yeah, Rodgers is going to be throwing all over the place. 
Maybe they can get it going with Aaron Jones. It should be an incredible game. But you know what? Maybe Jalen Ramsey locks down Devontae Adams. And maybe Aaron Donald stops Aaron Jones. And then you're limited. And maybe Valdez Scanley drops a pass or something. Or something else like that. Like I was talking about with Hubs yesterday. That these Packers offensive weapons beyond Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams are not that great. And... Maybe that rears itself in this game. So this could end up being like a 23 to 20 score and the Packers somehow pull it out or maybe the Rams pull it out. I think that I like their chances better with Wolford starting. I don't think Jared Goff didn't do much for me last week. He didn't do anything to show me that I should have incredible confidence in him. Not that he did anything that should show me I should have lack of confidence in him. He didn't throw his big Jared Goff pick. Maybe he threw one, but he didn't throw that really big one that cost them the game. So. That was impressive, I guess, when it comes to Jared Goff, not throwing a crazy big pick in a big spot is impressive. So I could see LA being competitive in this game. I could see Green Bay absolutely blowing the doors off of them. And we'll see what happens. I want to see the Packers win. I want to see the Packers move forward. I want to see them move on. I want to see them back in a Super Bowl. I love the Packers. I love Aaron Rodgers. And I think Aaron Rodgers is on his FU tour to everyone in the world. He just wants to prove... Hey, remember when you guys counted me out? Here I am in your face. And he's that good. And he deserves to go on that tour and travel the world and win the Super Bowl. But he has to start by beating the best defense he's going to see on this run. And that is the LA Rams defense. So that should be a really fun game. The next game on Saturday, 8-15, Baltimore at Buffalo. Buffalo's favored by only two and a half. Again, they didn't blow out. Indianapolis. Indianapolis is a really good defense. I think Indianapolis's defense is better than Baltimore's defense, but Baltimore's defense looked so good last week, stopping Derrick Henry. I don't know how they did it. I still don't. I didn't watch like coaches film on that or anything. I just watched the game, but I'm really impressed with them. I think if you're Baltimore, you have to be really nervous because only 20 points against this terrible secondary, which is the Tennessee Titans secondary, that's concerning. The design runs were not really working. The deep drops and then running up the field from Lamar Jackson was working. Maybe they could get some open guys downfield. But I think Bill Simmons was saying third and 10, you know, at your own 40 or something, big third and 10. Who do you go to? What's the play call for the Baltimore Ravens? Who do you trust on that team? And I think they jokingly said maybe it's Des Bryant, but that's not a joke. I think he might be the the answer. Mark Andrews has drops. Hollywood Brown has drops. But Des Bryant, maybe he's the answer. I don't know. It's it's a good question. And that's concerning for a team because you got to pick up those big third downs in games like that. They scored only 20 points. Can I see Lamar turning it on and really just exploding this game? Yeah, I could see either one of these teams winning. I think the line is perfect. Two and a half is a perfect line. I want to take Buffalo. But I wouldn't bet this game. I think I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this game. This game is going to be really good. I think Buffalo also kind of got their feet wet in the playoffs last week. They got one week where they saw what the playoffs is like. Josh Allen was a little bit slow to start, but then he turned it on. And maybe he continues where he left off at the end of last week. And they absolutely run all over the Ravens. Like I said, this game could go either way. I could see a Ravens blowout. I could see a Bills blowout. I could see a really close game, and I think it will be a really close, really good game. Let's move over to Sunday. 
Sunday at 3.05, we got Cleveland playing at Kansas City. And this line, I have it here as 10. That's what it was on Fox Bet. 10 points. The Chiefs are favored by 10 points in this game. This might be the week where the Chiefs are like, okay, everyone's sleeping on us. We didn't play well to end the year. We got it right. We're coming off the bye. Andy Reid off the bye. We're just going to absolutely kick the crap out of Baker Mayfield and and the Cleveland Browns. They're probably so pumped that they get to play Cleveland now. I mean, can you imagine? They don't have to play Pittsburgh. They don't have to play Buffalo. They don't have to play Baltimore. They get to play Cleveland. But the last team that was pumped to play Cleveland was the Steelers. And look what happened last week. I could see one of two things happening with the Browns. Either the Browns are like, oh my God, we're really good. And now they're confident going into this game. And they still have a point to prove. Meaning they're confident in themselves. But they see even after their blowout last week, people are like, yeah, but it's still the Browns. They're still going to lose to KC. It's a 10-point spread. The Browns could use that and be like, oh yeah, you need us to prove it again? Fine, we'll prove it again. Let's do it. Or the Browns are just so ecstatic that they won a playoff game in the first place that they'll be like, all right, we're out. Thanks. We did what we came to accomplish. We won the playoff game. And that's it. Baker Mayfield didn't have his big pick last week. If Baker Mayfield is a big court, is a big game QB, I'd be so pissed. I mean, I'd be happy for him. I'd be happy for Cleveland that, oh my God, we got the guy. If he all of a sudden turns it on and he becomes a different player in the playoffs than we've ever seen before, like we saw last week, that would be insane. So maybe they find it in them. But there's also the argument to say that they're just not good enough. That despite all that, despite that nobody believes in us, the we're super confident, all that stuff, all that intangible stuff, maybe the talent on the field just isn't good enough to beat a team as good as KC, which at times can look like the best team ever. Definitely the most prolific offense I've ever seen in my life. So KC, this is their game to show who they are. If Kansas City wins in a close game, I still wouldn't be confident in Kansas City. If Kansas City goes down big early, and then comes back and wins, I still wouldn't be confident in Kansas City. Kansas City blows them out. Then it's like, okay, Kansas City decided, like I talked about in that video and in my episode from last week, they flipped the switch. That's what it would be. The night game at 640 is Tampa Bay at New Orleans. And I think this is the game of the week. Sunday night, New Orleans is favored by three, but it's Brady against Breeze. I mean, you couldn't have asked for anything more than this, right? This is exactly what I said I wanted. I wanted to see Brady go against Breeze. I wanted to see the winner of that have to go to Lambeau, although maybe they'll get to host LA, the winner of that. I don't know. But I think the winner of this game will have to go to Lambeau, and that'll be fun. It's funny. We have the young quarterbacks in the AFC, like I talked about, the oldest one being Baker Mayfield. In the NFC, it's Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, all the guys who have been there before, all the guys trying to hang on, get one last Super Bowl, for Breeze especially. I don't think he's coming back after this year. This is his chance. And I think Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, this defense, those are going to be the guys who are going to have to carry him to win the Super Bowl. 
Will Lutz, who has not been great the second half of the season, is going to have to be better for them to win a Super Bowl. They blew out Tampa twice this year. Usually I said when this happens, the team that won the first two times doesn't win the third time. They're still favored by minus three at home in the Dome. But Tampa's a different team now. Was Tampa overly impressive last week? No. They barely beat Washington. Or it was a touchdown game, but they could have blown out Washington. They never ran away with that game. Not that it felt like they ever wanted to run away with that game. Maybe they're just going to turn it on this week. But I'm just going to sit back and enjoy. The first time Breeze ever played against Brady, I was five years old. That's how long they've been doing it. That's how long they've been incredible at doing it and doing it against each other. It's so impressive. It's so unbelievable. We're watching history. Let's just sit back and enjoy. And I think it's going to be such a good game. Who would I take in this game? Well, by the way, the Kansas City game. I never picked that game. It's minus 10. I'll never bet against Kansas City. Even a minus 10. Maybe take Kansas City on the money line in that game. I'm not sure what the spread, the money line is. Or take Cleveland. I would take the over on the points, whatever the point spread is. I'll just take the over. Um, Don't even tell me what it is. I'm taking the over. Back to this game, Tampa at New Orleans. It's minus three New Orleans. I would still take Tampa. I think Tampa's going to win this game. I think Brady is on a mission. He's going to go to Green Bay, to Lambeau, and try and beat Rodgers there for a chance to play in another Super Bowl. But this game is going to be so much fun to watch. New Orleans, Tampa Bay. Wow. So what a good week of football. Elliott Green Bay, Baltimore at Buffalo, Cleveland at Kansas City, Tampa at KC. The NFL, this is when it really gets just turned on. It's awesome. Tonight, we have the Knicks and the Nets. We got hockey starting, Islanders, Rangers tomorrow night. Sports are fun right now. That's all I got to say. And that's the episode. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for helping me make this 20th episode, making what I enjoy doing something that I can continue to do and something that I can do and share with other people. I really do appreciate it. I'm going to hit you with some Jovi. See ya.
take it in, take it with you when you go. We said you can't go.